not show up for work today. This place is a mess. <clears throat> what is this? <clears throat> this is Dr. Berg. Dr. Carson didn't show up to work today. And I'm digging through his office and found something. Looks like a journal. That craven hearted Carson. With so much out there to distract us, it's no surprise that something came along to shift our gears. So let's switch tracks, cause everything's great, nothing is wrong. As if this will explain where he went. It reads Dear Winifred, I read about you in the Gazette yesterday. And I wanted to let you know that I'm very relieved to hear that you are quite alright after the accident. It's alarming that someone could be so cold hearted and irresponsible to have fled the scene of a crime. I apologize if I had annoyed you in the least for meddling. I just know that if I were in a similar situation, I would have hoped that someone would take notice and attend to my person, even if it was some nosy med school kid peering down at a young lady clutching a newly bought mop. I heard the thud you made bodily from nearly half a block west of where the incident took place, and I was alarmed even further still when I heard your cry. What? How dare you? Go on, just drive away. Ringing through the streets. By the time I reached you, it seems as though you had quite enough attendance. But, unfortunately, it seems as though none of them were paying you much attention at all. They were making quite the racket, but none such help. I hope it was not too forward of me to collect your things for you and jot down the license plate number of that bus that hit you, as well as, presumptuously, my phone number. I do not anticipate a phone call, but in the event that you do need to file a report, you have it. The thing that kills me, even now, was that you had been wearing an orange knit hat. In the summer, no less. I just thought that was utterly memorable. Best regards, Dr. Ernest Carson. Ernest and Winifred went for a walk. They saw a tree that looked like it needed to be climbed. Winifred went for it, but abruptly, a police officer began to holler at her. I say, don't do that to that poor tree. They thought there was nothing wrong with climbing a perfectly good climbing tree. Better than looking at it and wanting to, but not. The tree didn't mind. It was just a tree. Poppycock, you hot tots are coming with me. The police officer put them both in jail, but in separate cells. Ernest, darling, I'm so cold. It's wetter in here than New Orleans during a hurricane. Winnie, don't say such things. They'll shoot you for the security of the homeland, he whispered, so as not to alert the police officer with his baton. Winifred was antsy and nervous, unlike him. She kept pacing and rubbing her eyes and chewing on her nails until quite a menacing fellow came down the hall and told them they were to be released, for no charges could be pressed against two people climbing a tree, especially if the tree likes it. As they passed the front desk where the officer who had arrested them was scribbling on paper stupidly, 
Ernest squeezed Winifred's hand so she would turn her face to him and smile, instead of spit and curse. But as soon as they passed by, she surreptitiously stuck out her tongue at the officer, and then they broke into a sprint. Once outside, it had grown darker, and the night was wearing into a fancy black dress with sequins. They went home to dash through the shower and pet a cat and eat a snickerdoodle or two. Once gussied up, they wandered through the streets again to smile at strangers and hold hands. It was obvious that everyone was jealous by how they stared. They met a man who slept outside by a dumpster behind a big pet store, who greeted them more coherently than anticipated by his dress and demeanor. He bid them a good evening and introduced himself as an anarchist. I don't believe I've ever met an anarchist before, Ernest said. How do you do? Not well, I'm afraid, sir, ma'am. You see, the government hates me because I love animals more than people. The anarchist frowned and scratched his bald spot. Well, who doesn't love animals more than people? They don't talk. They just eat. Are you hungry? Winifred asked, although most anyone passing by could clearly see the answer. I don't want to bother you fine people none. The anarchist looked ashamed. But I honestly am. They went to a bakery, but the anarchist would not go in. They're afraid of my type in there. I'll wait outside. They got him a coffee and a loaf of bread, as well as some cheese to put on it. And then they remembered he was an anarchist, so no meat. He thanked them expressly and ran off to hide, as he was embarrassed to be so hungry in front of strangers while he devoured. There were a lot of people out for such a cold night, but the air smelled good, and there were many all-night Chinese restaurants open, with all-you-can-eat salad bars. Some even allowed you to bring your own wine, or other imbibes. That's exactly what Ernest and Winifred did, although they brought the bottle down to the old theater. The theater had closed down long before either of them had been born, but it was still lit as a kind of ornament for the city. A mix of fearful respect for the past and the resentment of malcontents caused the city to consider lighting up the empty marquee an allowable expenditure. They got sort of sozzled on the steps of the theater where expensive people once rode up in carriages and furs, top hats and canes for show, not needed for walking. What does erstwhile mean? Kiss me. They did, and he nodded. That's why nobody knows, you see? Ernest kept nodding until she joined him, then they swayed to a stop. When do you think it'll be light out again? Well, if we stay up late enough for it to be early, we'll know the exact answer to that. She took another swig. We'll <laughs> never make it <laughs> if we keep this up. Ernest had the giggles. Erstwhile, a drunken Jean Harlow had said the exact same thing to William H. Powell on those very steps, eons of forgotten silver ago. Ernest winced at the thought of Winifred having to work in the morning. Why even go? There is no amount of money worth your time. Winifred shrugged and raised her eyebrows and shut her eyes, shaking her head sadly. Really, I mean it, Winnie Face. If I could, you know I'd make enough money for the both of us to not even have to work. To this, Winifred began to laugh. Her face was a great guffaw, one so powerful, anyone in earshot grabbed for their belly. Ernest laughed for a bit too, but then stopped right as Winifred was really getting started. He started to get mad. What's so funny? I was being sincere. He pouted. You're incorrigible. Oh, darling, darling. <laughs> she calmed herself just enough to wrap a long, lanky arm around him. I'm not laughing at you. I knew you were being sincere, and I am not incorrigible. Ernest didn't believe her and stubbornly would not look in her face until she cupped his chin in her hands and pointed his face to hers. It's funny because neither of us has to work at all. You see, we could join the circus tonight. 
We could have run away yesterday had we thought of it. Oh yes, I could be the ringleader and you, you my dear, would be the trapeze artist. Why, this is wonderful. Ernest drunkenly narrowed his eyes at her and kicked the ground. He chided her. You as the ringleader? Come on now. Hey, Ernest, don't you want to see the elephants? That did it. The elephants! The elephants, Winnie! Don't you see? The children don't even care about elephants anymore. They only want to see the lions or the tigers. Oh, sure, they'll have a four-minute elephant ride on one of those stupid boxes that they strap onto the elephant's head, but they don't go there to see them anymore. Ernest began to leak from his eyes, perhaps not from the hiccups. Winifred roped him into her arms and pulled him over her shoulders like a shawl. In one swift mood, Ernest had spun her around and swept her up into the air like Santa Claus with a sack full of presents. Upon catching her breath, Winifred burrowed into his shoulder and started whispering to him her Christmas wishes. She thought he smelled like home. How'd you learn all these things, darling? Who's been telling you these blatant lies? She kissed his ears quietly. The circus was made for the elephants, darling. That's why they made circuses in the first place. It's okay for the kids to want to see the lions and the tigers too. But deep down, you and I know the truth. You want to go see if the river's still where we last saw it? Ernest didn't say anything, but she could feel from the way his jaw tightened that he was smiling, and that from the direction that he spun her, it was a yes. They walked slowly, meandering through the streets. No care for what path would be the most direct to the bridge. Whose idea was this anyways? The moon looked like someone had rubbed ashes into new paper. Which one of us said we should run away to here? Why, it had to have been one of us, silly. Nobody else could have thought to come here. They got to the top of the bridge and looked down over the side. There it is, right where we left it. Do you think there's any fish in this old river? If there are any, they're tougher and older than that anarchist we met. You know, animals may be better than people, but fish are dinosaurs. Now Winifred had the giggles. <laughs> When I was young, I didn't even know that birds were animals. Ernest glanced at her sidelong, quizzically. No, really. I thought I was the only one who could see them and hear them because nobody ever talked to me about the birds. They were never addressed in passing, and I was too afraid to mention them. They'd think I was crazy. I mean, I was, but I grew out of it, right? He laughed and smiled at her, sadly, but she didn't notice. Right, darling. <laughs> Do you think the birds talk about us? All the time! They're quite judgmental, those birds. Look at what they've been doing that van across the river. They both laughed. Do you want to meet my family? No! <laughs> he smiled and kissed her shoulder. Do you? Oh no, I've already met them. She grinned playfully. She didn't mind at all. Sodor looks a lot bigger at night. I knew Carson was a player, but this one seems a little bit more sentimental. I don't think he's ever told me about this Winifred character. Well, I think I'll read more, but first I better go cancel that surgery. We'll have to reschedule that train bottomy for another time. I just hope that nothing is wrong. <laughs>